And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. We open in California, Casey Wilson, uh, Ralph Holden Reed. He's a winemaker. He's making Cabernet Sauvignon in Napa, but he's from Germany. Do you think he's a Riesling lover? Or? Uh, yes, I'm sure he is, <laughs> but I think he also is a Cabernet Sauvignon lover because he makes the gr- 2018 Black Stallions um, great bottle of Napa Valley Cab. We'll be talking about that. Also, we catch up with Rob Clark today. Plenty to talk to Rob about uh, his new venture with uh, Organic Ocean. And also, he's going to catch us up on the spot bronze season. And he's going to stick around and talk to us about cooking several different kinds of fish uh, today. I've got so many questions. Casey, you must have a bunch for him. He's always fun to talk to about fish. Yes, and the perfect way to cook spot prawns. The only way, he says. Yeah, All that uh, coming up next on the show as we head to Spain and open with Juan Cuisine. Of course, Juan from Parish Balta, a good friend of ours. We see him regularly at the wine festival. We didn't see him this year, but we're going to talk to him live from Penedes, just north of Barcelona. That's next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Don't go far. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Savon Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Browse the entire collection now at SavonFoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carried their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out in the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening for convenience you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. 
welcome to today's show. Uh, very excited to open the show today. We're going uh, live to Penedes, just north, uh, a region just north of Barcelona in Spain, to catch up with Juan Cuisine. He is uh, one of the partners and owners of a very famous old winery known as Parish Balto. Juan, how are you today? Hello, very well, very well. Happy to, to connect with you. Uh, I have not been traveling for uh, for more than one year, and now, uh, well, being able to, to speak with uh, with you here in Canada, a great a great pleasure. Uh, well, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, we've all been through a lot, but it seems like things are turning around. Uh, why don't you give us a quick update? How does the vineyard looking today? What, what's happening right now in your vineyard? Uh, well, uh, right now the vineyards are the, the, the they are blooming. The the, the new leaves uh, they they are around. It depends on the grape variety, but they have from 25, 35 centimeters already of of new shoots, uh, green green leaves, and they they uh, really look great. They are uh, growing almost every day. You can see they they growing. So it's really a nice a nice season as well. I love when uh, reading about your wine or your winery that you say or you mention that you've been organic at least technically since 1790. Uh, you're also vegan and you're biodynamic certified since 2012. Well, what is the attraction with having such a natural vineyard? Well, that's uh, something I have to thank uh, to my family, especially my my grandfather, that he was uh, he wanted to cultivate vineyards in without any chemicals. And that's where we are following a little bit uh, his his values, uh, and and, uh, and well later from organic we 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 went a little bit further, and and as you mentioned we we are uh, everything we do also is uh, biodynamic cultivation, and mm. we are really really uh, happy about it. Our guest is Juan Cuisine. Uh, he talks to us from Parish Balta in the Penedes region of Spain uh, today. And, uh, Juan, I'm sitting with a beautiful bottle of Parish Balt in front of me that we want to taste, and I would like you to describe what we are tasting. And this bottle, I love the uh, green on it. It's, it's very impressive. It stands out. Yes, this is the our Parish Balt uh, uh, Brut, that it's uh, the cover that it's made with the classical grapes from, from, from the region that are three grapes. Parellada, Macabeo, and Ancharello. This region that we are just located uh, very close to, to, to Barcelona, it has a big diversity of, of soils and, and microclimas, and the Parellada comes from the upper part, while Macabeo and Ancharello comes from the, the lower part. And it's a cava that uh, it's, uh, we are looking uh, for uh, to enjoy it for its freshness, to, to be enjoyed like any 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 time it's uh, it's uh, is not heavy it's uh, light and uh, well I uh, here if you visit Barcelona that that's where we live we can enjoy it uh, almost any time. <laughs> yes, and what is your favorite pairing of food with it? Oh, it's uh, I I uh, enjoy it a lot alone just as 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 as, as aperitif or just uh, alone by to enjoy it, uh, a glass and later uh, well uh, I, well for instance when i am here in, in canada i enjoy it with the fantastic oysters that that you have that we miss here in 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 in, in, in spain yeah. and also with very simple food like uh, we have here the pam tomacat that it's bread with uh, robert to, uh, tomato on it and olive, uh, some olive oil, 
simple things that uh, the, the, the flavors are uh, fantastic. Okay, stop. I want to go to Spain right now. That's what I want to have, a piece of bread with a tomato rubbed on it and a glass of cava. Oh, my God, that sounds so great. Uh, cava, though, has uh, it's had its ups and downs over history. There's lots of changes going on. How do you see the, the, the product now? First of all, we should say that the wine is made in, in the traditional uh, champagne method. It's fermented in the bottle the same way as the French would make their champagne, which gives it a, a, a nice uh, jump of quality, I think. Yes, hundred percent. Exactly the, the the technical process. Cava it's a second uh, a second fermentation inside uh, the bottle, like like the champagne. So uh, it's it's exactly like like that. And uh, as you have mentioned, uh, Tony, so there are uh, uh, lots of changes happening on regulations, but I think that they are uh, for the for for the good for the good in in the future. But uh, they will still take some 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 time. To consolidate and that people is aware of covers uh, of different types of covers and also the long aging covers, uh, higher quality covers. No, and here at Paris Belt, it's something that that we are we are uh, working uh, on on it and for for many years uh, about focus on quality quality. Yeah. And Jean, you've got two very impressive winemakers. <laughs> you are right. You better uh, you better answer this uh, one no. correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so uh, uh, at Paris Valta, the, the winemakers are two ladies, and one is uh, my wife, uh, Maria Vena, and the other is my, my brother's wife, Marta. Uh, and uh, whenever my brother and me, we, we introduce them, we promise and swear that we did not marry them because of being winemakers. <laughs> Maria Vena, my wife, she was a chemical engineer when I get to know her, and Marta, my sister-in-law, she was a pharmacist. But, uh, you know, uh, wine has this kind of uh, magic that people, that when once you get involved and you dig a little bit in, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, 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 and you, are, uh, you are not, the more you are interested, the more you, you investigate. And that's what happened to them in the late 90s. Uh, with the background they had, uh, they helped us a couple of years in, in the winemaking here at Paris Valta during yeah. harvest, and uh, they decided to go back to university uh, to study uh, uh, wow. winemaking for uh, full full time. And they came back, and when they came back, uh, uh, we multiplied it between, that was in 2002, 2003, we multiplied it by three the number of wines uh, that we were producing at Paris Valta, a lot of vinifications per small plots from specific vineyards and and people who know Paris Valta, as Tony was mentioning, that we have been active since 1790. That is a, a very in, a very nice inflection point, thanks to uh, the two ladies, Marta and, and, and Elena. No? So I want to know who gets the last word, the, the sisters or the brothers, when there's a decision to be made. Well, it's it's uh, about the final blendings and this. They, they they make the proposals and and we meet all together and and we uh, we uh, um, we make decisions to, together. So, but uh, well, it's it's uh, on the daily things and things. They are uh, totally independent and it's uh, when we make like as I said the final blends we get together and, and everybody gives its uh, own opinion and point of view.
You you guys have been leaders. Uh, you know, you've been interested in organics from day one, that sort of thing. But uh, uh, are you happy with what's happening globally now? It seems like there's m- way more energy for, uh, you know, sustainable and organic wine growing. Uh, you know, you, you've been practicing with not using any sulfites in some wines. You've been working with amphora, using old techniques. What, what, what do you make of all these changes in the wine business? Well, I, I, I think that uh, when we started, and especially when I was traveling, I was visiting, for instance, Canada like, like 20 years ago, the very first time. I mean, uh, the, the interest for organic, for, for, uh, for, uh, for natural products, it was just uh, starting and, 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 and growing. And nowadays, as you were mentioning, Tony, it's, it's, the, there is much higher demand. And yeah. as well, uh, there are more and more producers. And we are really, really happy about that. Uh, about that, that I believe that for, for, uh, for the benefit of, of consumers and, 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 and for everybody, uh, we are what we drink, we are what we eat, and we have to take care and also about sustainability and, and taking care of, of the planets because uh, the use of herbicides, pesticides, all of these later, it, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, there are effects on, on, on that and, and we have to think in, in, in the long term for our health and as well for the health of, of the planet and that for our kids and the future generations to receive a, a better planet than the one we have received. Juan, uh, first I just want to say to our listeners, the Parish Balta Brut uh, B Organic, you can find that uh, in Everything Wine. It's twenty three ninety eight. Check it out this weekend. Uh, we're going to have sunshine, and you're going to be outside probably, so that'll be a good wine. Before we let you go, Juan, it's been a tough year for everybody, especially for people in Spain and Italy. And Can you tell us how everybody's doing in Spain, and are you all feeling more optimistic at the moment? Yes, I have to tell you that uh, we are much more optimistic, uh, especially uh, I live Paris Valta, it's next to Barcelona, 50 kilometers uh, south. And just last Sunday, uh, that that's uh, that was the 9th of, of May, restaurants were allowed to serve dinner, and uh, it was uh, it has been a big a big thing. And, and people, we are getting more and more people vaccinated. We are. Uh, today it was on the news. Uh, right now, around in Catalonia, uh, we are around uh, around 25 percent of the people has the like the first uh, first, first vaccine. vaccine. Yep. Uh, yes, and around uh, half of it they have the second the second vaccine. Uh, and uh, so people, it's positive, and I believe that that uh, well, restaurants are also happy to be open again. And, sure. Uh, well, it, it's uh, we are positive, positive and and and, and happy about uh, what's uh, what's coming. Thank you Juan? so much, Juan, for joining us on BC Food and Wine. And uh, please, my a, pleasure. A special hello to the family. Thank you, thank you, and and also if uh, once the restrictions uh, uh, travel they get easier and situation gets better, please pay a visit to Barcelona. That is a wonderful city. And uh, we are just half-hour drive or uh, 50 minutes by train, and we will be delighted to show you the, the grapes, the vineyards, that where we produce this Paris Balta Brut and, and, and the others. We're, we're in, and we're bringing all our listeners along with us. Thanks, Juan. <laughs> My pleasure. All the best. Okay, Juan Cuisine. Uh, Paris Balta, try a bottle this weekend, and you can't miss it. It's in the 
yellow and green bottle, sparkling wine. Go in the Spanish uh, area of the store. You'll just love uh, to have a glass of this wine. We'll take a quick break, but there's plenty more coming up on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Up next, Rob Clark joins us. Uh, he is, among other things, the Chief Culinary Officer or, of Organic Ocean. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome locals. We're supporting our BC wine drinkers as they support BC winemakers. Become a member of our wine club and we'll send the taste of Oliver Nasoyas right to your door with free shipping. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Experience award-winning wines on the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club and get three shipments a year to top up your cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new release wines, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Keep up to date with spring wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily for outdoor patio dining with a new spring menu. For details, visit tinhorn.com. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Casual Modern Dining, exceptional Okanagan flavor, introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Isuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you, utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's Lakeside Patio, with its unmatched views of Lake Isuyus, is now open with inside dining coming soon. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is uh, well known to our listeners, but since we last talked to Rob Clark, Chef Rob Clark, he's been appointed to the Order of Canada. He received that in November 2020 for establishing a world-renowned program to help businesses and customers identify and purchase sustainable seafood. He's a chef, an author, co-founder of Oceanwise Seafood Program, and the former, as it turns out, co-owner of the Fish Counter uh, but he has a whole new job. If that wasn't enough, he's joined Organic Ocean as its chief culinary officer, where he's going to be working with Organic Ocean's indigenous fisheries partners in the collaborative development of recipes for the seafood they harvest. This is fantastic. Rob, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, you guys. Wow, hey, you've been uh, busy. You've been busy. Yeah, and I kind of I was looking forward to my golden years and not doing so much, but uh, <laughs> this Order of Canada thing really uh, is now for, not forcing me, but uh, probing me to uh, move forward and try to achieve uh, as much more as much as I can in the next twenty years. So wow. I'm excited. Yep. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank so you, you, thank you, so much. you sold your uh, share or your, your partnership in the fish counter to, to spend more time. Uh, so let, let's start there. You, you have a new position or a new love with Organic Ocean. Tell us about uh, this yeah. Indigenous Fisheries Partners and what you're doing. Well, well, part, part of my, uh, my, my goal moving forward, bigger picture stuff, is, is to really improve uh, our, the food security system and the food sovereignty system in Canada. And one mm-hmm. of the, the foundations of that, I believe, is helping uh, Indigenous uh, communities that, that are harvesting seafood, in this case, Help them uh, get better value for that for that product, and to demonstrate that um, even even if it's harvested, in this case we're referring to uh, river fish a lot, of river fish, and right. it's been uh, it's it's been perceived as as not as good as ocean run fish, and we're talking about salmon now, but but I don't believe it is different. Uh, but to 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 say that it's not worthy of our attention and not worthy of creating wonderful dishes and enjoying it. Uh, is irresponsible and foolhardy. So I want to. I want to. Organic Ocean has given me this this opportunity to expose me to these opportunities, and uh, and uh, I'm going to embrace it and, and encourage more people to uh, to appreciate what we harvest in our rivers and lakes, as well as what we harvest from the ocean. Yeah, we're speaking with Rob Clark. He's the chief culinary officer at Organic Ocean. Rob, is there any current fish species uh, native to the Pacific Northwest that needs to fall into the sustainability program, or is it in danger of being overfished? Or, um, well, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pre, pleased, proud. I don't know what the word would be, but uh, we do a really, I believe, we do a really good job uh, of uh, managing our fisheries in the Pacific Northwest. The DFO does. The, the, does a fantastic job. The fishermen uh, are committed to this to this uh, initiative of being sustainable. Now, there's always more work to do. There are some that are more sustainable than others. There's some that are, that are, let's say, a work in progress. But what excites me about it is that all our industries, all our seafood industries, are making every effort to to move themselves uh, higher up on the sustainability scale, and that's that's why uh, that's why it's so exciting. Rob, uh, I didn't give you a species, did I? No, you didn't. No, no. that's yeah, okay. Yeah, and you're saving you know, them all. Another question I've been dying to ask you: Is there one fish you just wouldn't eat? Farmed Atlantic salmon from open neck pens, wow. produced in British Columbia. Won't eat it. Oh, ouch! But actually, there's one. Actually, one greater than that is farm tiger prawns. The majority of farm tiger prawns from Southeast Asia. Oh yes, I. They're they're more. actually very worrisome. Uh, yeah. uh, so that's I. That's political. I just want to get I mean, back for. Yeah, that's okay. We like political. Um, okay. I just want to get back to this indigenous partnership, the the development of recipes. What have have you been learning things now that you didn't know with, with this job about uh, recipes and cooking from from the natives? Well, well, we haven't we haven't started yet because the seasons. Spot prawn is the first season. Like the seasons for this right. year haven't opened yet, so okay. the opportunities will present themselves. But what I got a little bit of a taste of it a couple of years ago with uh, the Harrison River uh, Chum Beach Sane Fishery, where uh, you know the, the, this this fish was totally uh, devalued and 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 uh, underappreciated. And through Organic Oceans partnership with uh, with First Nations and uh, River Select, they I got mm-hmm. access to this fish, and it turns out, of all 
the wild BC salmon species that you can find uh, people making fish and chips out of. This, yes. This yeah. Harrison River chum is perfect. Like it's just, it has the flavor of salmon, the meatiness of halibut. It just, it's, it's my favorite fish to deep fry, like for fish and mm. chips. Yes. Is that salmon. Yeah. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have experienced that had I maintained the attitude of uh, what one would expect from uh, uh, fish and chips. So it's things like that that. Uh, and that, where, um, where can we so. get our hands on that fish? Fish counter, fish and chips. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I'm not in sales, so I don't know where else Organic Ocean or, or River Select to sell it to. But you know what's funny is owning the. I can never very well. I'm never very good at plugging myself. But now that I don't own the fish counter, I can quite proudly say you got to go down there and eat Ian's fish. Yeah, you go down there and eat Ian's, Ian's fish and chips because Ian is without a doubt the best fish and chip guy in the country. Okay, Rob, uh, everybody's asking about spot prawns, uh, the live season. What can you tell us about uh, what's happening? It's coming up quickly. Uh, give us a brief overview of what you know. Over, overview is the boys are going to start dropping their uh, traps on Friday. Uh, Steve and his, uh, his the tradition for Organic Ocean, they will actually uh, go and pull one set. Usually they let the pot sit overnight, but mm-hmm. he'll, he'll set all his gear, and then he'll go back and pick up the first one. Uh, just to get a few pounds uh, for first of the season, which historically I always got because I was uh, the co-founder of the, the Spot Prawn Festival with Organic Ocean and, and Steve. But uh, yeah. uh, this year I'm on the other side, so I'm just going to help harvest them. I think we're going out with uh, Friday afternoon. We'll probably go out and harvest the first thing uh, about 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4, and be back uh, with first of the year. They won't be available for the dock. Steve will give them to somebody. Um, that's not me. And then we'll move forward from there. The prawn season will probably be a lot shorter this year. So I really, I mean, I'm not a biologist, but I'll talk from uh, the people that do know such things. Uh, there's a feeling that the season will probably be shorter. So make sure, uh, you know, it's not going to be six weeks. Make sure you, you need your feet of the local, sustainable, high-quality, wonderful spot prawns is, uh, to get, uh, get, get your feet in early before and the, uh, before. I'm very excited. The pricing is the same as last year, $20 per pound. Oh, is it? They know that already? So yes. Me, you know if, people. Yes, I know people. <laughs> you know them too. And uh, all orders you, over 20 pounds receive a 5% discount, and you can pick them up on the Falls Creek Dock at 1505 West 1st Avenue starting May 14th, we've been told. Is that still happening? May well May we're in May no May 14th the season opens so there won't be prawns available until the 15th which 15th. would be the Saturday which would be the Saturday that makes um, sense yeah um, that's the first thing um, are these pre-orders is, is this information for pre-orders or just coming down to the dock and, and ordering or ordering online or what well I think what? it would be worth calling Organic Ocean yeah, to check yeah. that out definitely yeah yeah, I would well, they will that. be. There will be some available live on the dock, but yeah, I mean, organic ocean. Yeah, uh, you can probably get the chum there too online. You can have a look at that if it's available. Yeah, yeah. check out the website. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of information on there, and we're adding more uh, more every day. So, um, is it more fun being a chef or a fishing boat guy now? It was more fun being a chef when you know, the kitchens were closed and the media didn't bother us. 
Especially wine writers, right? Yeah, exactly. The last couple of years, it's been kind of a burden. So uh, I'm enjoying more being the producer opposed to uh, opposed to the creator. <laughs> oh, that's the best, Rob. I love how you never change. No, I love how you never change. I I have one last question. If you could hop on a plane, what's the one fish market that you'd head to? Oh, my God. Well, I'd head to Japan. I thought you were saying if I could hop on a plane where I'd go, I'd say Rome, but <laughs> fish, I'd go to Japan. Yes. To the Skiji market? Yeah. 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 Just to see, uh, just to see the, I mean, I've seen pictures. So many people I know have been there, and it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, life-changing, supposedly. So it I'm is. Definitely I... get, I'm definitely going to get there once I get my second shot. Well, I, I'm just going to say two things i've been there it's incredible in the restaurants you're there at you know 3 a.m and i've also been to the masters golf oh really yes is that in japan no it's not but those are my two <laughs> claims to fame which makes the guys very oh, jealous boy that yeah. is the non sequitur of all non sequiturs <laughs> rob uh we, we're not going to let you go. We're going to take a break. You're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to cook uh, spot prawns and other seafood properly if, uh, with your help and Casey. So stick around. Uh, to our listeners, Rob Clark will return. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our show is heard weekly in 18 cities at different times around the province. On Vancouver Island, tune in Saturday afternoons at 3 o'clock on the mighty CFAX 1070. And thanks for listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Centre team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny vineyard terrace. Or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while sampling our rare Carmenier. Can't make it out to the Okanagan this spring? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram. Or to reserve a tasting experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carried their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out in the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening for convenience you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. 
GizmondiOnWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark GizmondiOnWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondiOnWine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondi on Wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. I swam a little bit closer and I heard one say. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. <laughs> Thank you, Anissa. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, Rob Clark's still with us. Uh, we promised to talk a bit about uh, preparing food. We're going to start with pro- uh, spot prawns, which I was going to say, I was going to ask you how to cook them, but apparently we're not supposed to cook them, or at least not very long, Rob. But what's not, what's the trick? Not, yeah, not very long. I mean, you can put, you can cook spot prawns any way you would do any other prawn or shrimp, but the best way and the easiest way, and you'll, you'll thank me for it, is if, if you get tails, just the tails, you lay them out on a tray, you sprinkle lots of liberally with salt, and then you pour mm-hmm. boiling water over them, and you let them sit for, well, for jumbo, like no more than 30 seconds. Wow. Drain off the water, peel them out, peel them, and eat them right away, and you're going to go, now I understand why people love spot prawn. Yes. And I'm not oh. saying don't use garlic or sh- these types of things, but, but yeah. all that enhances it, makes it interesting, adds variety to the diet, but really the essence of a spot prawn, its pureness is simply making like tea. Mm. Yes, and that's. I always remember you saying that. It's a great thing to say. Make it like tea. I love that. And if you can't remember what I just said, go to Organic Ocean website. It's got a video of me doing it. I look pretty old, but the prawns look fantastic. Aren't you fresh every year, Rob? Like the prawns yeah, pretty are... well. Yeah, pretty well. And I want to mention that there's an article. I have an article in the uh, Vancouver Sun online and Vancouver Province. And I've um, stir fried them, stir fried black pepper um, spot prawns. And it's a recipe from Angus Ann. Oh, from Angus's. Yeah, that's a fantastic dish with the fish sauce. And, and yes. yeah, it's, it's very Southeast Asian. And it's a great way to, I mean, shrimp was a big part of their, their diet down there. And they have some fantastic recipes, that cuisine. And, of course, no one does it better than Angus. No, he's an amazing <laughs> cook. Yeah. Okay, Rob, sure. what, what are some of the things that we really shouldn't be doing with fish that we, we need to get over? Overcooking it is probably the the biggest thing. Uh, we yeah. we really I, I really hope that people, and I, I try to encourage it. You know, you find yourself some high quality, sustainably harvested seafood, local preferably, but not necessarily. And just you know, you got good fish when the the less you do to it, the 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 more fantastic it becomes. I mean, that was the cornerstone of my career. I really cooking or creativity. I just kept things as simple as possible and and respected the product from best quality I could and. And that shines through in the final dish. Spot prawns being the perfect example, but just undercook. I mean, whether you're grilling or barbecuing or baking or poaching or steaming, just just treat it treat it lightly and uh, and uh, 
and, and remove it from the heat source before uh, before it's completely cooked. That's one of the mistakes that most people, we, we're used to it now with steaks. Take your steak off the grill, let it rest, yes. your roast yeah. beef, your turkey, whatever. But we're still struggling to get people to to appreciate or understand now, that's true also with with seafood if you if you remove it from the heat the residual heat will continue to cook it very gently uh very delicately and uh when you go time to eat it it's it's much more moist and uh well, is there a health issue though like people to me say oh we got to cook it we can't you know we can't have it raw like this is why they want to overcook it they can't is that an issue? I mean, if it's been well, frozen it can, and whatever, it, it can, with certain species, it can be an issue that certain species have to have to reach a certain internal temperature. But the beautiful thing and my favorite thing is working with uh, properly frozen uh, seafood. So if it's frozen mm-hmm. at sea, as an example, the quality is usually better than fresh because fresh just means we've never it's never been frozen. It could be two days old, ten days old. Who knows, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but but freezing it eliminates any chance, and that's why in Canada, for instance, you know sashimi sashimi grade salmon, for instance, in in Canada means it has to have been frozen. It can't be fresh. No. It has to be frozen for seventy two hours at minus seventeen. Uh, so I, I'm a big. I always have been, and I was kind of ridiculed a bit twenty twenty five years ago. But I'm proving to be correct that working mm. with properly frozen high quality seafood is easiest uh most economical and uh and uh, a delightful way to 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 purchase yeah. purchase fish are, are you uh, a like yeah, a poach so, guy or a bake guy or a grill guy I'm or does it depend i need it any way i can get it eat it anyway yeah. i can get it guy it's different okay. species uh-huh. Sand, you know spot prawns i like i like poach even though you know i do i do recipes for for other sauteing yes shell frying and stuff um, eating them just the way i described uh, uh poaching them is is my favorite way, but salmon is a really good example. Like because of our five species, uh, some are more sockeye or coho, for instance, are best raw. Like the, those are sashimi type fish, yes. sushi type fish. If I want to grill something or poach something, it's like uh, chinook or spring salmon um, and uh, and pink. And then if I want to, if I'm if I'm um, if I'm using bold flavors or 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 uh, Rough, rougher isn't the right word, but more aggressive cooking techniques. Chum is yep. chum is the way to go for me. So, you know, different different applications for different uh, the different species of salmon simply because of their they have different qualities. And um, what's your choice with pan frying? And and tell us how you would pan fry salmon. Uh, pan fry. I would pan fry. I would the only salmon that I would probably pan fry personally would be pink or or or. Uh, I mean, you can pan fry them all, but I, when I'm pan frying fish, and this just goes back to my days as an apprentice, we pan fried trout, we pan fried sole. All these were very thin, uh, very not very thick, steaky fish, but more um, faster. They're very conducive to pan frying, and uh, this is passe now. But flour, even you know, the gluten or whatever is bad for you, or could be bad for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, coating a piece of fish, a, a thin, a thinner piece of fish whether it's pink salmon or arctic char or trout or and and cooking it in butter oh my god but and let the butter go brown the bernoisette oh my god and then you throw the french knew what they were doing then they throw in lemon juice and parsley from for like manure so and like you can't it doesn't get any better than that 
Um, Where can we go for lunch? Yeah. What about uh, what about skin? What do we need to know about the skin? Like eat it, don't eat it, crisp it. Yeah. Well, get rid of it. First of all, I would say always if if you have the opportunity, always cook your seafood with the skin on because it makes it better. Yes. Protects it from. um, And as far as eating, um, some species you can eat scales and all. Uh, So some, you know, a trout you really don't have to scale. You can pan fry it up and the scales just kind of disintegrate. Sable fish is another one. The scales are so mm. tiny that uh, I eat the skin, scales yeah. and all. Bigger, bigger salmon like chinook or, uh, you know, you, most salmon, you know, you have to take the. It's better to t- to scale them and then uh, then eat the skin. But uh, the skin is phenomenal. It has so many so many uses and so many. Uh, uh, I don't want to say essential oils, but there's so much more going on in the skin, like just below the skin, that you lose it if you throw the skin away. Mm-hmm. It makes your hair shiny. Anthony? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Rob. Nothing yeah. worse Nothing worse than a critic with dirty hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rob, uh, we're all proud of you. Order of Canada, uh, you know, stepping back now so that you can do the stuff you really want to do the next 20 years. I think it's a fantastic uh, uh, freedom for you, and we'll be watching and learning and listening, and uh, hope you'll come back and talk to our listeners about uh, what you find out when you start working uh, you know, with uh, our Indigenous friends to see uh, how they do things, too. And what we can do together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you guys today. Thanks, uh, Rob, and thanks for joining us today on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. We'll catch up with you soon. Take care. Stay safe. A special shout-out to our listeners in Golden, BC, tuning in each week on Easy Rock 106.3 FM. If you missed the show at 11 a.m. on Sunday, you can hear us again at dinner time at 6 p.m. Thanks for listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio. We'll take a quick break. We're heading down to California, but we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley, relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carried their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out in the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening. For convenience, you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. 
Unsworth restaurant. Vineyard Dining, where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. The modest butcher kitchen and market at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in West Kelowna is ready for spring dining. Now featuring extended hours from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Reservations are now being accepted. All COVID safety protocols are in place for your comfort and safety as well as that of their staff. For those who would like to enjoy the modest butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout is also available. For further information, visit modestbutcher.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're on the road today, this time heading uh, south to Napa Valley. Wouldn't I like to be there right now? Yes, me too. It's pouring rain here. (laughs) Our guest is, uh, and first time on the show, Ralph Holden-Reed. He's the winemaker at Black Stallion Estate in Napa Valley. Ralph, how are you today? Very good. Sorry it's been raining, but uh, we've had a really nice day so far. So thanks for having me on your show. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, you probably would like a bit of rain down there at uh, this time of the year. Yeah. Um, yes, we had some rain in the in, in the, during the winter time. Not quite enough. Um, so there are some areas that uh, would have liked a little bit more rain for the growing season. But we should be able to make do. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with Black Stallion. Maybe give us a quick history lesson on uh, on this winery and how it uh, came about. That would be good for our listeners. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Well, Black Stallion um, is a beautiful, the winery is actually in Napa Valley, as you mentioned, on the Silverado Trail um, in Oaknell District. And um, the estate used to be an equestrian center, um, like a historical uh, place that's been, you know, in the in, uh, in Napa since the 1950s and was really prominent as a horseman center and uh, what was once, you know, the indoor riding arena, eventually got converted as the winery was created out of that property. So it's a beautiful site, about 32 acres uh, from the Silverado Trail down to the Napa River. And, um, yeah, and uh, what, what used to be the outdoor um, riding course is now our beautiful Cabernet Sauvignon. And mm. as I said, the indoor riding arena is now our tank farm and barrel warehouse. Mm. And a great place to make wine. Um, beautiful spot. And, you know, that, that equestrian heritage really gave Black Stallion also the name. So we carry that yeah. that uh, tribute forward. Can uh, can you explain, Ralph, perhaps? Our guest, by the way, is Ralph Holdenreed. He's the winemaker at Black Stallion Estate. What What is it about Napa Valley and Cabernet Sauvignon? What What is the connection? Why does it just... Why, why does it thrive in in that region? Yeah, I think Napa Valley, we, we joke around in Napa here that um, Napa has become, you know, Cabernet has become so important that it's a king in, in, in Napa Valley. And it has been so. And, and I think the climatic and geographical um, aspects about Napa are really favorable for, for this variety. And um, I think over the last decades, really Napa has has you know, nationally and internationally also made itself a name for being one of those areas around the world that can grow fantastic Cabernet Sauvignons. Not to say, I mean, Napa is very diverse. I mean, from the southern part 
uh, where it's very cool, close to the San Francisco Bay to kind of like the northern end around Calistoga, which is only about 30 miles. Um, it's very diverse, so it has a lot of little microclimates, and uh, and and so you know we kind of at the same time want to continue embrace the diversity of grapes growing in Napa Valley, and we do that too at, at Black Stallion. But for us too, as you said, Cabernet is, is definitely our most important variety, our most important wine, and definitely something we always want to talk about. Well, I'm go ahead, Casey. Uh, Ralph, I wanted to ask you, where and when did you first start making wine? Oh, um, great question. Yes, uh, maybe I've picked up my accent. I grew up, I grew up in Germany, actually, um, on a vineyard in, in Rheinhessen, a kind of a German wine-growing area, and then grew up in a family of making wine and growing grapes, studied winemaking over in Germany, and then through the school in, in Geisenheim, um, came out to California originally as an international exchange student and um, one of those students who never went back. Wow. So I studied at UC Davis. <laughs> I studied at UC Davis um, like a little over 25 years ago and then uh, started my career here in, in, in initially in Sonoma and then for the last, you know, 15, 16 years in, in Napa Valley. And like this Black Stallion. What's the motivation like to think you leave a country, you you come to the U.S. and you find the Napa? What is it that drives a decision like that? Well, I mean, it. You know, one of the things about wine growing areas, I think, they're all around the world. They're absolutely beautiful, <laughs> and uh, they're really ingrained in the culture. Um, and I think. And I loved, and I still miss um, the area I grew up in. Um, but in Napa, I think the, uh, or in California, and then settling in Napa, and it wasn't a decision I made overnight. It kind of developed itself. There were great opportunities in the in the late late nineties um, to, you know, and it always felt a little bit like a, you're still pioneering. This this pioneering spirit about California winemaking um, was still there, and I, that really intrigued me. Where. You know, you you find vineyards where, or you you find vineyards where really not a lot of grapes have ever been grown. Um, there's so much to learn um, from the different varieties in the different areas, and it always had this kind of. Even though there's a lot of history at this point, of course, but it always had this new world, new kind of frontier approach to me, in my mind at least, that made, made that intrigued my my explorations in, in Napa. It, actually, it makes me wonder what Napa will be like in a thousand years from now when people look at it. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll still yeah, be there. Hope it still will be there, and we'll be still be making great wines. Yeah. We well, Ralph. Well. Yeah, Ralph Holden, read the winemaker at uh, Black Stallion Estate. We have in front of us the 2018 uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. I've just been sipping it. I guess my my one takeaway from this wine off the top is that it's so uh, it's so slick, it's sleek, and the tannins are really well managed. Uh, is there? Uh, how, how do you handle this Cabernet, or what, what what do you think the ethos of this wine is, or what are you shooting for? Yeah, um, thanks for tasting it, and and that is yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Um, this is our this is a Cabernet. This is our most important blend. Um, and it's from a number of different vineyards throughout Napa. Um, some mountaintop vineyards are in, in in this blend, as well as valley floor vineyards. There's also a few percent of Merlot and Petit Verdot part of this blend. Hmm. And what I'm striving for in this wine is that it's not necessarily just released this, so it's not really a wine that I want to 
have people lay down for, for a long time. This is, you know, a concentrated, very fruit forward and very kind of soft tannin structured um, Napa Valley cap that really can be enjoyed even at a, at a younger age, which, you know, is not necessarily yeah. true for all calves, of course. Um, but I'm making really a conscious effort to make this really approachable, very food friendly and, um, and speaks really Napa Valley Cabernet all the way. I, th- I think you've nailed it. And by the way, the acidity is just fine too, which keeps it fresh and uh, which we like in Canada. We prefer that sort of fresher style. So that's all working well. This wine, by the way, folks, is available at Everything Wine uh, stores in British Columbia. Fifty four ninety nine, which is probably a bargain for a Napa Cab, uh, would be uh, in one of the premium uh, price ranges for people looking for, for a Napa Cab. Also, uh, and I would I would uh, suggest this if you have friends. It's available in 1.5 liter bottles too, which are kind of fun um, to open and to to age. Uh, Ralph, just before you go, I don't want to run out of time. Uh, Napa, we hear California's opening up. What's going on in Napa? Do you feel like things are turning around or visitors showing up? How is that working? Yes, um, I think things are really changing um, after this long time um you know we've had we have we had some periods where we you know opened up a little bit and then closed back down um mm-hmm. at the winery we had a lot of outdoor tasting we had a, we have a great outdoor terrace so we were able to end with the weather having turned around as well we've had we've had a lot of um visitors that we were able to host you know socially safe and and, and distant of course um very different appro- approach than what we usually do um but as as the numbers you know become better and more and more people are getting vaccinated um, and uh, visitors are coming back to Napa and you know it's it's funny the last couple of weekends we were actually booked up um, mm. you know this is, this has been great so um, we have uh, we, we now need to remind people that come in <laughs> to make sure yeah. to make a reservation because uh, you know with with the uh, lower capacity of of, of guests. We want to make sure that the people are not disappointed that we have to turn away just because we happen to be full. But that's a yeah. great problem to have. So we are very happy. And um, we're looking forward to you know, opening up the doors even more and starting tours soon, uh, which we're not currently doing. And also, you know, doing indoor tastings back again, which, which really are a lot of fun. Ralph, uh, thanks so much for your time today. It was a lovely lesson in Napa Cabernet. And uh, for our listeners, Black Stallion, Napa Valley 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon, widely available in private wine shops across British Columbia. We hope to talk to you soon again, Ralph, and maybe, who knows, we'll be down there before uh, before the end of the year. We'll get this border open and start visiting again. Oh, that would be fantastic. And thanks again for having me on your show. It's been always great to listen to you. Guys. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Here's some interesting podcast numbers for you that you might not know. In Canada, 91% of podcast listening is done at home. 81% listen to all or most of each episode. How Canadian is that? You can find BC Food & Wine Radio on any top podcast provider, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Listen on your time, and preferably with a glass of wine. Uh, that's it for our show today, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. A special thanks to our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, who always does a great job and really connected us to the world today seamlessly. Uh, we are taking time off for the weekend. We hope you are. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And to all our listeners across the province, be safe and have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. 
Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.